0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Steady Focused. I am your host. I am your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. In this episode, it's a very special interview with Mr. Rex Larson. I got him on the line. I was able to sit down and just pick his brain and go through such an amazing career. He's a 40-year veteran to the photography game. 4-0. It's just Amazing. He started shooting professionally in 1977. Now, at a time where there's so many of us young guys walking around with our chests pushed out, thinking we're the rooster in the hen house because, you know, we've got three years under our belt, five years, ten years. This man has 40 years. So we talk about what it was like in the early 1980s to be embedded into Muhammad Ali's training camp for a week while Muhammad Ali trained for his rematch with Larry Holmes to regain his world championship belt. And asterisk with that, not only was he there doing that, but he was the only photographer and one writer. Are you kidding me? Uh, Rex talks about... Uh, Living a life dedicated to the craft and all the amazing experiences that he has learned and picked up along the way, struggles that he has overcome, what it was like uh, living in a world where there was no such thing as internet, as a young boy flipping through magazines, loving uh, photography, being inspired, then getting to the point where he is honored as photographer of the year through time, life magazine online, it's just an incredible transition going from someone who was born in 1955 and watching the evolution of technology, especially in the photography world. And here he is now thriving still 40 years into the game. Get your popcorn ready, turn your earbuds up. This is going to be just an incredible episode, lots of value. I'm honored, and I would love for you to please help me give a big, steady, focused welcome to my friend, Mr. Rex Larson. Introduce yourself and tell us about your history.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Uh, and my history is a long one. Uh, a lot of young guys out there. I'm not among them, but doing this all my life. Uh, I got started uh, uh, in high school uh, on uh, on a high school yearbook taking pictures. I met a uh, I met a friend of my older brothers. I had a brother that's five years older than me, and. Uh, uh, one of his friends uh, was a newspaper photographer, and uh, and then actually there another guy he was friends with that uh, was an intern at the newspaper, and this was a local paper, the the Grand Rapids Press in, in Michigan, the Grand Rapids Press' second largest uh, newspaper in the state, and it was actually the intern. I, I asked to see his his work. I wasn't even in high school yet, I think I was in ninth grade, and he pulled out one of those portfolio cases showed me black and white pictures, uh, pretty much all people pictures candid people pictures uh, and i just thought they were the greatest things and, and it would interest me so much i've always been a creative person but i was really drawn to the the photography and looking at these glossy prints 8 by 10s 11 by 14s i thought they were just huge i asked him you know how i could learn to do that and how i could get involved and he suggested when i uh, went to high school started in 10th grade to get involved in uh, uh, either the, the school newspaper or the yearbook, and uh, I was able to get in, involved in a yearbook class, hoping there would be someone there to teach me photography. Uh, instead, they handed me some old uh, darkroom equipment and an old uh, SLR camera and an extra lens. I thought this stuff was just the fanciest gear uh ever and uh, and began a journey really of teaching myself photography There was really no one uh, to teach me I set up a a dark room in the family bathroom started reading everything I could get my hands on all the you know there's a lot of photography magazines back then popular photography modern photography so many others and just read everything I could in fact I would save the issues because as I reread them my capacity to learn and understanding uh, grew, and so I would just hang on to those issues and reread them until I understood more and got involved in uh, photography in college. At uh, the college newspaper, I had to cover anything and everything, and but it really gave more much more purpose to my my photography work because I had the challenge of really coming back with the goods when you're just shooting for yourself. If things don't work out so well, well, it doesn't, doesn't matter that much. But, uh, with a newspaper, whether it's a small college, uh, newspaper or it's a, you know, big time daily, uh, you, you have to come back with the goods. You have to solve all the, all the problems, uh, at college, um, the, the newspaper actually offered me a job. I had never submitted a, a portfolio. I never applied for a job. I did shoot a, you know, a few assignments for them, and they had a contest, and I, I won most of the, the awards in their first annual contest. So that brought me to their attention. And, but without applying, they, they offered me a job, and uh, I rose to become chief photographer and stayed there for 36 years.
0: How does it feel... Um, the, the evolution, you know, from film to now you're putting your, your photos on Instagram and, you know, the continual, um, development of the technology, you know, does it feel like, Oh man, I wish this would just not happen. Or are
1: you excited by it? Do you embrace it? The change has been been you know somewhat somewhat gradual and so i sort of eased into it like so many others but i'll tell you an interesting story that, that puts this in a little bit of context it was just a few years ago i was fortunate to be honored by uh, what used to be Life Magazine is now Life uh, Life.com. They just have an online presence, but for years that was a premier uh, magazine in the country. And uh, they had the best pictures of the year feature. And, uh, and it wasn't really something you enter like a contest, but they keep an eye on work that's uh, published around the world. And they selected one of my pictures as one of the top uh, pictures of the year, which was... Uh, which was quite a thrill. What I told them uh, is really kind of interesting in the, the context of your question. I told them I said never, never did I imagine that as as a boy, uh, you know, sitting on the edge of my bed, leafing through Life magazine and marveling at the pictures in there, that years later I would have a picture published by them uh, that was taken with a camera that didn't use film, and it could be seen only on a computer via the Internet. All those things that didn't exist when I was a boy marveling at the pictures and The Great Photographers of Life magazine. And here I am published by them using a digital camera, and the images could only be seen, you know, electronically on this uh, thing that, of course, it's ubiquitous now that we're, we're so familiar. It's a big part of our life, the Internet the challenges of making great pictures really haven't changed that much, but the, the tools we use to capture them and the way they're, they're shared uh, has, has changed uh, significantly. It's fall,
0: Deer Lake, Pennsylvania, in a secluded, wooded camp. Muhammad Ali was training to reclaim the heavyweight championship from Larry Holmes. And you are there photographing him. Talk to me. What what is that like? Looking back on it now, and also in the moment in 1980,
1: I spent a week with Ali as he trained uh, for to try to reclaim his uh, championship title from from Larry Holmes. And the times were so different than now. There was no big entourage uh, around him at the time. There was no other media. There were no sort of media handlers or PR people that you'd have now. It was just me, the writer, him and his people at his camp. And uh, uh, even the setting was was really something. It's very rustic. It was up in the foothills of Dearly, like, Pennsylvania. There was a little town down below. And uh, on his compound, the buildings looked like small log cabins. They had a larger building where his ring was was for for training and sparring the larger building it was like a mess hall that on the outside looked like a giant log cabin smaller uh, cabins where the fighters uh slept he stayed apart from his family and he stayed uh by himself uh in one of these small cabins in fact uh i'd only been there uh only just <laughs> a few minutes introduced him he invited me into his cabin and uh he says, come on in, Rex. He says, I want to watch the news. I love to watch the news. And uh, he brought me in and, uh, uh, you know, sat down with Ali and he had one of these old big screen TVs started flipping through the channels. And, and we kind of settled back in these recliners while he was taking a break and relaxing and got got uh acquainted with me in a, the most informal way and that was the start of uh a week of uh in the mornings eating breakfast next to him in the afternoons uh photographing training and sparring sec- uh, sessions and uh, uh him him uh, uh goofing around and working with some of the younger fighters that trained under his auspices and uh, and some of his trainers and uh it resulted in a really, uh, really great set of pictures.
0: Wow, I mean, just hearing you talk about that, you can hear, or you can, you know, you see that you have such a vivid photographic mind, and when you retell the story, you're there, you know? And I imagine inside of your head, those images are just as crisp and just as in focus, correct exposure, as the ones that you have on, like you said, your Instagram. If
1: I may add, just do quickly, Simeon, you know the key, the key word you said is there, and really the most important thing uh, is access. You can be, you can be a great photographer. You can have great equipment. You can have all those things going for you, but you really have to be there. You have to have access, whether it's behind the scenes or backstage or in the room or wherever things are going on. Many great you know, photographers and photojournalists get access to really dangerous situations, really risky situations, whether it's uh, violence and war or it's risky extreme weather or any number of things. Uh, but it's it's that's access that really separates uh, the great photographers uh, from the others, regardless of the equipment and, uh, and the technology. Ten thousand shoots,
0: ten thousand over ten thousand photo assignments in your career, with such a, a heavyweight champion, literally of Muhammad Ali, in your portfolio. What are some other assignments that come to your mind that you say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I was there," or maybe you feel so, you know, overjoyed that you were there and you did capture that. Like you know, looking back on it, you say, "I'm so proud." of this moment that I was able to capture.
1: I've had uh, a vast number of opportunities at a medium-sized daily. Uh, we were, uh, you know, the press wasn't as big as the Detroit uh, newspaper, but offered me a lot of opportunities. And and actually some of the great opportunities are really small uh poignant moments in, in my community, whether it's a birth of a child or a death or a soldier being buried or someone being, you know, rescued or life being saved at a fire, a car accident, these really kind of smaller things that don't take on a, a, a larger, a grander scale than the scheme of, of news around the country. But there've also been, you know, bigger opportunities. One of the the biggest uh for me in my career, actually came later in, in my career when, uh, as a chief photographer, I was assigned to travel to Washington, D.C. and cover one of several funerals for uh, the late President Gerald R. Ford, who's from Grand Rapids in western Michigan. So I went there for a week uh, when his body arrived and was brought up the Capitol uh, steps and Leiden State and the National Rotunda uh you know and his uh his wife, you know, the former first lady and their children paid respects. You know, I have that on my my website. They had a uh, a funeral service at the National Cathedral. So you had all the past president, all the, uh, the political leaders and then the world leaders from around the globe were there. And then I was there uh really pressed literally shoulder to shoulder with some of uh, the greatest photographers in the country, in the world that, uh, that I had grown up admiring. And I was there side by side having this same challenge to come back with, with great pictures. And that was a really, really important story, uh, for, um, for the state of Michigan and Western Michigan where you know, the paper was based, but I've had so many opportunities. I've flown with, uh, fighter pilots, uh, and uh, experience zero gravity while doing a story on, on a fighter pilot. I did a long project on heart transplantation and, and organ harvests. So uh, a lot of opportunities. I've you know I've, I used to go to New York twice a year shoot fashion. In the springtime, I'd go and shoot the fall collections during Fashion Week, and during the fall, I'd go shoot the spring collections. And photographing the world's top uh, uh, fashion designers and again be rubbing elbows with some of the top fashion photographers. So and then I'd come back to uh, you know to West Michigan and be doing uh, more community-based photojournalism. 40 years of a professional veteran
0: photographer and the younger guys, uh, myself included, you know that we're looking at three, five years, you know, 10 years, maybe some of us, John, we were John Grass. We talked with him a couple of weeks ago and he's 16 years. But when we look at 40 years, I mean, that is long game. That is long game. And what has been for you, one of your biggest struggles?
1: I've always, uh, I've always tried to set a really high standard. I, I feel that the uh During my time at the newspaper, I always believed that the readers there should get a quality that is no less than they'd get in a Time magazine, National Geographic or New York Times or, uh, uh, you know, any publication that uh, just because it's a medium-sized paper, uh, they shouldn't expect any less. So. So for me, if there's any, to use your word, kind of struggle or challenge, it's to, to really to be great um, all day long and every day. And I'd, sometimes I'd shoot one assignment a day, sometimes several, sometimes when I'm working on a long project. But uh, it's that challenge to, uh, uh, to, to rise to a level of, of greatness. And I would put a lot of pressure on myself. What was editing like on film? One thing I, I like now with my, with my digital uh, Canon uh, camera, it has a, a button that I can push and I can, uh, I can mark a frame or you can even rate it or I can push a button once or four times. And so sometimes if time permits, I'm shooting a sporting event or news event and I get a great picture I will mark that, or if I'm, say, if I'm shooting a basketball game, there's a timeout, I'll sit down, I'll look at the back of my camera, and I'll quickly pick some key pictures, and I'll tag those, and then maybe at halftime or at the end, I can pull up those tagged pictures and see my top uh, five, six, seven, eight pictures, so that'll speed it up. And that's different from the film days. You know, in the old days, I'd be holding a a strip of negatives up to a light table and looking, you know, pulling it through my fingers and looking at it with a magnifying glass. And I'd use a paper punch along with my colleagues. We'd use a paper punch. We put a little notch in the sprocket holes on the side of the film. So then when we put the film in the enlarger, the uncut long roll of film, uh, we could feel along the edges when we felt that notch. We'd know that was one of our selects. And we'd pop that in oh, wow. and make a print uh, often you know on deadlines. so so certainly there are some some changes there. some things fundamentally haven't changed and and others uh, really have as i as I described. What's been
0: the over your career, number one thing that sticks out to you is like, the biggest lesson learned, or maybe the number one rule that you would tell to someone who is younger in their development, in
1: their career, uh, just to to witness life and to document life, really sort of behind the scenes and and uh, and all its uh, pain and and glory, has really mm-hmm. been a great experience for me and has helped me really grow grow as a as a as a human and a man. Uh, and so that's really been really the the greatest thing is, um, uh, is the, just these rich experiences I've had, I've had with (laughs) humanity, uh, to, to the second part of the question, as far as sharing with, with other photographers, um, you know, what I would say the best thing people can do is expose themselves to really high quality work and, and, uh, and we have opportunities vast compared to when I was young with, uh, with the, the internet, that we can see so much photography. And I, when I talk to young photographers, I, I tell them to expose themselves to the really great uh, photography so they can set a high standard for their work. And if you aspire to the highest standards and you fall short, you're still doing pretty good.
0: There we go. And it, Rex, it's been an honor for me as um, as a student to
1: pick your brain and hear from you. Any final thoughts? Well, this is uh, this is fun. Uh, Simeon uh, photography is my favorite subject, uh, as you can tell. I, I like to talk about it. Uh, it's it's interesting and. Uh, uh, I'm immersed in it uh, every day. I'm looking at, at photography online and meeting people like you. And you mentioned John Gress. He's become an online friend. So I'm always looking at great work and benefiting it from benefiting from changes in, in equipment and technology. So it's it's fun to talk about it and and uh, enjoy meeting people that share my interest. And if people want to contact me at Rex Larson photo at gmail or reach me through my Website. I'm happy to answer questions. I don't have all all the answers. I have more questions than answers. But I'm I'm happy to to share and and help people. And I I reach out to other photographers um, as well to learn and and to grow from those who have uh, more experience than I do and, and greater skills. So uh, the the learning the learning never ends. Amen. And I can only hope
0: and pray that when I'm Uh, you know, in in your shoes that I still have a hunger for knowledge and learning and continued growth. What an amazing, amazing man. Please make sure to check him out at RexLarson.com. You can also look him up on Instagram, Rex Larson. That's R-E-X-L-A-R-S-E-N. Rex Larson, he's the man, of course you can peruse all over on SteadyFocused.com slash 24 and we've got pieces of his portfolio and a, a write-up of this interview. So I love you guys, keep tuning in, I'm going to keep hitting you with episodes, let me know people you would like to be interviewed or things you'd like to see covered in an upcoming episode because without you SteadyFocused is just meh. Until next time, I am your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendrix, and this is Steady Focused.